Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that's still feeling absolutely champion. On today's part, we're running through the title-winning squad of 21-22, rating each player who has played five or more league games for Manchester City. Because nothing highlights the sheer arrogance of a football supporter more than three lads who can't kick a ball straight, judging a group of players who amassed 93 points this year, and all while taking the sport to uncharted heights. Joining me to dish out the garlands, or constructively criticise, are two Friday favourites in the form of Leon and Joe. Hi Leon, long time no here, man. Well, no, Steve. How you doing? I'm very well, mate. How's yourself? I'm good, and I like to think myself as a bit of a hot shot Hamish in terms of hitting a ball straight. So, uh, <laughs> oh, really? I'm, I'm gonna. I was pretty mean up front at the five side. I'm gonna pull you there. Fair enough. I'm, I'm just joking. Those days are gone. But yeah, no, I'm really good. I'm really good. Looking forward to um, summarising the season and going through the squad. Actually. Yeah. Well, same here, same here, man. And you know, for full clarity, um, I am. Quite the box-to-box midfielder myself. I was just playing myself down. <laughs> <laughs> Self-deprecating as always. Exactly. Um, Joe, how are you and how are you on a football pitch? Well, <clears throat> to follow on from your excellent intro, I'm Sophie and po- positively champion. Um, I object to your intro. Um, <laughs> I, I was firmly good enough to play for City. I just chose to work in finance instead. Of course, yes. Yeah, but, um, yeah no, uh, I'd say average at best. Good engine, um, and and you know, not not shy of a Nigel De Jong uh, sliding oh, really? challenge. Ah. Yeah, a bit of needle I've probably caused a few um, four match brawls in the time, but <laughs> that's probably not testament to my quality on the ball as such. We need to get a ninety three twenty five side team done asap, don't we? Yeah, that'd yeah, be a great. Be show. Interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's going to go in goal, but we'll. we'll You'd have to have a pod to, to to figure out who'd play where, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Before we get into that, though, we have got to look back on last Sunday, uh, a memorable day for sure. Um, You were the only one who went at the three of us, Joe, but I'll start with you, Leon, because you had a ticket and didn't go. I know, I know. Well, basically, I went to West Ham the week before and I was so excited because I was, you know, I was... Nervous, Howard Hawking style nervous. Yeah. But I was actually sort of deep down, I thought that was it. I would do it. And it's the right mission to get over there. And it's not the greatest uh, away day because the away fans are split with this big void in between mm. the lower the lower tier and the upper tier. But when Mares missed that penalty, it was like I was so devastated. that I think I had a really busy week last week and I don't know why. Usually I'm planning my week and going to the, especially the away games. And I just, I just didn't go. I had a go at my mate for being a glory supporter because <laughs> I've done about 18 games this season. I didn't go. And then of course I had a bad feeling. And then once, I once even before, as the game kicked off, there was an unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, the best atmosphere, obviously 2012 was a great spectacle to be at, mm. but the atmosphere wasn't like that. The atmosphere was unreal. And then obviously once we um, came out victorious, I was like, why the hell did I not go? But, you know, it was was actually still nice to be at home with family and watch it and enjoy it. I I like to watch all the afters. Yeah. All the pun. I remember my dad always telling me, say, come on, let's turn it over now. The game's done. And I'm like, no, no. So we, we, my 
fiance wanted to go out and we spent an hour and a half watching all the afters and she was like furious but no I, I, lo- I loved it but I'm envious of anyone who was there so what was it like there Joe um <clears throat> yeah it was really good I think um the South Stand was, was really up for it. I think it was. I think if you think back to 2012, it was before the extension, um, and obviously uh, on Sunday the, the full South Stand and they were shooting towards its second half. Thought the atmosphere was really good. Um, but to summarise it, it's just basically the the highs and lows of the football. It can take you from one extreme low. Yes. To I could curse Martin Tyler because he said didn't he after QPR you'll never see anything like this again and literally just over a decade we were more or less it certainly felt the emotions were a carbon copy of what I went through 10 years ago so when, when we were um, two down I, my, my dad was trying to remain positive but I was just like nah this is different better opposition this time it's a two goal deficit with you know it, I just didn't see it happening yeah. and then within five minutes it's just it's mental I think it's let alone sport I think it's the only entity in the world that can take your emotions from that extreme high to, to low and vice versa I don't I'm not aware of anything else in life that can do it that absolutely oh, you, it's mad were you knackered that evening because me and Leon I'm, I'm, if I can speak for yourself Leon I'm guessing the same applies to you I was shattered that night because you exactly as you said you know, Joe, you went from one extreme to the other, but to be in the stadium, that must have been so much more intensified. So what state were you in Sunday night? Um, a bit worse for wear from the early <laughs> hours of Monday morning, but um, my head was pounding. When yeah. I got to the car after the game, I just thought, I can't believe they've done this to me again. These blue <laughs> so-and-sos, man, they, they just have a way of, like, I, I, I firmly believe it's in the club's fabric and DNA that... yeah. We, we and um, after the fact you're buzzing with it because it's it's a memory you hold on for life. But when you're going through it and in the ground, the emotions you've got all them villa goons next to you singing yeah. about Jack Grealish winning nothing, and you're so dejected. And then you're giving it a man. You a few minutes later, it's just mad. But yeah, emotionally drained would be the yeah. Worst. I mean, you just don't you don't encounter that. Never mind in any of the sports you said Joe correctly, but. You don't encounter that in life. It's it's like going to the pub for the afternoon and someone just starts on you and your adrenaline's kicking in and you don't want to have a fight, but he's starting on you and he smashes a pint glass and he, he's attacking you. And then like, you know, half an hour later, a supermodel comes in and just kind of sprawls herself over you. It's You don't encounter those... That sounds a cracking day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sounds like a, a good day out, huh? But you never encounter those extremes in life. And yet, in the space of 90 minutes, you do it at a football game and it's just... Oh, I, I don't know why we do it to ourselves because when you're two nil down, that numbness that uh, uh, is horrendous, just absolutely horrendous, and I I can't even imagine what it would be like in the ground. Because the thing is, me and me and Leon had the choice of pressing click if we wanted to. You know, if we wanted to, we could have gone for a walk yeah. in a park. Oh. You were you were held hostage, yeah, Joe, and it could have got worse. It could have been three nil. It could have been you know where we got it back to two two and just didn't get the winning goal. So. But, you know, your reward, of course, is to experience that afternoon like no one else did. It's, I was you know so what, jealous. Honesty, I find it much more difficult. I don't know about you guys. Like, 
as a match going fan, I find it so much more emotionally difficult to watch City on the TV. I don't yeah, that's true. It's not based in any science, but I feel like I'm more in control watching it at the game. And, and you've got the it's full total rubbish. You've but. got the 360 view as well. I mean, you you can take in everything. Whereas on the telly, it's. Yeah. I, I know this is a daft example, but let's say Villa are breaking. You're not completely sure if there's a man completely free on the right hand side. Because, you know, the, the view, you don't get the full view. Whereas if you're taking it all in at the ground, you do feel more, for want of a better expression, in control. Yeah. So, like yeah. You're contributing into it somehow. It's weird. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the squad uh, and the players who made that incredible feeling on Sunday evening possible. Um, there's an obvious place to start, which is at the back in goal, Edison. Um, I'm just going to kind of quickly chip in here and say that, you know, he won the Golden Gloves for third year running. According to the stats, there was no errors leading to any goal in the Premier League this season. But even though there's no howlers, I do feel like Edison's regressed somewhat. I don't trust him fully on one-on-ones. And there's loads of goals. Well, when I say loads, I would say, you know, five or six goals this season, but important goals, which I do feel he could have got to and another keeper might have got to. I'll start with you, Joe. How do you feel about Edison as a whole and particularly this season? Um, I've got a real bee in my bonnet about Edison at the moment because a lot of uh, my friends are, are really on his case saying he doesn't make enough key saves and he doesn't... Um, I don't know if you... I was on a podcast with Asan about two weeks ago and I was I went into full ramp mode. But right. So, so basically... There's been a few instances where he could have done better. I pinpoint the Jota goal in the Liverpool game at home where it snuck under him. Uh, and there's been a lot of what I would call soft goals like that, if you will. But a lot of my friends have made the point they compare him to, say, Mendy or De Gea or keepers who face a lot more um, in terms of, of action uh, and not being as protected by their defence. Mm. And the point I always make with Edison is, <clears throat> one... If he faced the same amount, his shot stopping would naturally improve because he would be be forced to to um, face uh, opposition players more exposed, and, and and that naturally makes you better the more you face of anything in football. Mm. Um, and secondly, uh, a point my friend said: if you put them in there in our team, we'd be so much more secure and better. But I'd say my opinion is we wouldn't be because we'd lose so much in terms of the way we actually play and it's I fundamentally yeah. and, and we've we've almost become accustomed and, and, and expect what we do now it is not accustomed what's the word conditioned to watching what we watch and, and we just accept it as normal but it's not normal the level we play at with our goalkeeper playing out from the back it's a key fundamental part to how we play so mm. how I'd summarise and to come back to your point on the season is he does need to to maybe improve slightly in some of these these. I don't know if it's a case whereby he's so focused on on his build up play and and he's given the ball and he's getting a touch on it with his feet that he loses sight of 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 making you know some of the the easier saves if you will like a Jota is the one that springs to mind, um, but we've become so accustomed and conditioned to what he does, it's almost like we don't give it the credit it deserves. Yeah. It's still, compared to any other goalkeeper with his feet in the Premier League, head and shoulders above any of them. So I'll always take the hit me. I'll, I'll take that exchange for the odd soft goal for what he gives us over a season. I think that's a fair assessment. I think, like I say, if you took him out of our team, we saw when Stefan came in in the FA Cup semi-final, it, 
it, it can fall apart very, very quickly. And, and it's also the knock-on effect it has on the players in front of him. Okay. So I'll take it all day for what you get, what well, you get in return. Before I move on to, to Leon, um, how would you rate him out of 10? And I, I guess we should say at the top here, when, when we're marking these players out of 10, we're marking them in comparison to their teammates, really, and in comparison to their seasons past. Because, you know, if I, for example, I would give him seven out of ten. Now, if yeah. I was, if I was, you know, rating Edison in comparison to the other Premier League goalkeepers, it would far exceed that. But in, in comparison to the seasons he's had past, I would give him seven out of ten. Um, what about yourself, Joe? Seven out of ten is fair. I think. I think his first two seasons when he was, we were we were all amazed by him. We'd never seen anything like it. They were probably his best seasons. Maybe yeah. that's because of the perception that he was new. I think his first two seasons, the hundred points and the ninety-eight points, was probably when I recall him. I, rem- I recall a game at Palace um, around that time where he made about three or four wonder saves. So I'd say they were his best years. But this season, I think a seven out of ten is about right. Okay, uh, Leon. How would you judge Eddie this season in compared, you know, in comparison to his previous years? No, I think between you both, you've nailed it. Really, I would say it's hard because he is redundant most of the time. So yeah. I think the shot stopping, you guys were spot on when you said that. You know, if you're permanently pumped up and making big saves, then you know it becomes second nature. So he is redundant. I think he's still very brave, which which is great to see in terms of confidence in your keeper especially for the defence but I think he's lost a bit you know like uh, Aston Villa did two long balls uh, from the from the goalkeeper that, mm. that nearly set up one of the goal, a goal that didn't happen uh, Watkins Laporte did a tackle or Watkins cocked up you know remember yeah yeah uh, that was from a long goal kick and then similarly the goal that Firmino scored was from a long goal kick I think he might miss Aguero because Aguero and him had a kind of... Yes. He was in yeah. tune. I think he misses that option. And I think also he misses Fernandinho a bit. I know uh, Rodri's the nuts this season, uh, but I think him and Fernandinho had this amazing understanding uh, playing the ball out in the back because I think that's gone downhill a bit. If you've, no- if you- if you've noticed, we've been under pressure a lot from playing around at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, which I haven't seen before, and I think that's to do with personnel rather than him. I always remember when Stones played for England, it'd been t- two or three seasons with Edison, and he's playing at the back with um, Pickford. Yeah, and it was completely different for him. And I felt, I felt we've regressed there. That confidence of playing, you know, I, I'm all for it, but I felt myself in some games saying, "Just fucking boot it." <laughs> yeah. Which is not what I want from City, and that's not the way football is played anymore. In fact, you really notice it if you watch Championship games that they do they do try and play it from the back, and then other clubs, the, the, you know, the footballing clubs, but other clubs do still hoof it. Mm. Um, but no, I think I think they're the things I notice. And in terms of, he has let through a few few his hands, but he hasn't made any mistakes like big mistakes like he has done in the past in some of his, even his great seasons, you know, that Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good uh, point. Yeah. He, he did make some mistakes. So I think he's probably a bit more conservative these days, um, which is perhaps why we don't. But no, there's no there's no other keeper that I would say we need him or, you know, let's go out and get him. I think we need a new deputy for sure. 
Well, um, that's going to be really interesting next season because Stefan, when he comes in, to see you know what kind of um, impact he has and, and how much it has affected him at semi-final. Um, hopefully, enough time will have passed where it'll be less of an issue. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, okay, so yeah, Mark, seven. seven. I'll go seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Seven, Freddie. Um, so we're going to do these in pairs from now on. Um, now we're kind of outfield players. Um, so an obvious place again, really, is the fullbacks Walker and Cancelo. Um, quick word on Sinchenko. Um, Joe, I mean, we wouldn't have won the league without him, would we? No, and I think the impact he had on our shape, specifically on Sunday, changed the game. I think even before Villa made it 2-0, <clears throat> there was a clear improvement in the way we were moving the ball and stretching the game. Um, I think what I love about Sinchenko is even with everything that's gone on back home and how he's carried himself and his professionalism. But every year, I don't know if it's just me interpreting things like this, but he seems to come in around March, April time when we get injuries. Yeah. Uh, I recall him coming in VPSG in the semi-final last year. And it's like he's been playing all season. He just slots right in. He's technically brilliant with the ball. Um, for a midfielder, I think he does. I mean, I think he struggled a bit at West Ham. Um got caught positionally a few times there. I think that was more to do with Fernandinho and the other side having to be tormented by Antonio. But to come back to Zinchenko, I think he very rarely seems to get exposed either. Uh, you know, when when he's one-on-one with a winger, when they do get possession in the opposition, he does okay. So he's, he's a bit like Mr. Dependable. He's, he's almost like a Gareth Barry at fullback in a way. He, yeah. he just comes in and you know he's going to do a job for you and not let the team down. Um, so... It's a tough one because I don't feel he's played a great deal no. of football, but no. when he's come in, you'd have to say it's minimum a, a seven for me. I can't think of maybe West Ham aside, but I think the back four was so discombobulated and, and all over the shop and we were, we were patched up playing against a very efficient, well-coached West Ham team that it was inevitable. It's going to be a difficult day, so I can let him off with that. But I think back to Wolves, I think back to him coming on at Villa. Yeah, for, I'd seven, seven right. out of ten again. Yeah, it sounds right to me. Um, Leon marks out ten for Zinchenko. I'd give him an eight purely because it must be so hard for him to uh, wait in the wings most of the season, then come in and do a job. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give him an eight. Okay, um, moving on to Kyle Walker, Leon. I would oh, suggest yeah. that this season, it's something we've always known. I'm not suggesting this is news to us, but this season, Walker's importance to the city side has really come to the fore more than, than there ever has before. I mean, would, would that be a fair assessment? Oh, more than fair, yeah. I mean, we're not the same side with, without him at right back, to be mm. honest with you. He's made a huge difference in the last... Uh, Couple of seasons. I remember being on a podcast even a few years ago where you know he'd lost a bit of form and he was dropped and then he came back and but he he's got better with age. I mean he's still got that sprinting ability. Obviously he picks up a few more knocks and he's had suspensions and stuff. But he is he's key to our side and the and the way we play. He's not as good at attacking as he perhaps was at. Tottenham, yeah, or, or in the early years at City, or, yeah, yeah, or a Zabaleta, you're not as good as attacking a Zaba, but in terms of some of those mistakes in the last half a dozen games and goals we've let in, uh, they wouldn't have been as much on him with him 
on his watch, you know. I know he missed Diaz as well, mm. but it makes a massive difference to that side of the pitch. Um, so yeah, I've really missed him, and I've, I hope he's just got two more seasons in him. Was he thirty-one? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I really hope he's got a bit more in him, and also as a squad member and as a part of the team, I, I like his kind of his attitude and. It, he seems to be well loved, and I always think that's really important. Um, him and Stones like best buddies. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know the team spirit. You need those stalwarts who've been there a long time as new players come in. I think it's really important to set the tone. United did it for years, and now you know if Harlan comes in, I'm not sure what character he is. <laughs> I can't quite tell what Harlan's like, but. Um, if you've got Walker and Stones taking the piss out of him, he's not going to uh, <laughs> be too up his own ass for too long. So I think he's, he's a key a key cog in the dressing room. Yeah. And yeah, I've really missed him, actually. Um, we'll do the ratings on Kyle after we've done Cancelo. Uh, over to you on Cancelo, Joe. Um, at one stage, it looked like he was very much in contention to be player of the year. He was sublime for the, maybe two-thirds of this season. Tailed off a bit, but I mean, you can't ever blame a lad for that, you know. And um, my my question to you, though, Joe, is is kind of why is a natural right back so much better as, as a left back? Um, I think a lot of it is is due to his technique and the way he, he plays the game. I think it enables him to come inside and almost dictate when he's on the left. And I think that conversely is what's led to him. Um, maybe not struggling but falling off the boil a bit when he's had to go back over to the right side to, mm. to fill in for Walker since he's been injured in that he's become so accustomed to basically having the, the freedom of the pitch on that left side and to dictate and to, and to almost be a deep lying playmaking fullback and other peppism um, that when you put him on the other side it's a total readjustment um, and then you've also got defensively the side of the game that's difficult on top of that um, so, to answer your question, he's just an, an extremely gifted footballer. Um, I know that might be a cop out because it's a very basic answer, but I think when you put him over there uh, and with with what he's got in his locker, technically, I think back to that assist he did for um, Sterling of the Everton early in the season from the left when he curled it around two defenders with the outside of his foot. Um, it just gives him free reign and a bit more space. Um, that's how I assess it. Um, as for his season, would you like the rating now or? Um, yeah, like that's, that's for both Walker and Cancelo. Um, for Walker, I always say Walker. I get a bit of stick from this, my mates. I think he's the best right back the Premier League scene, um, and I also think he's the insurance policy to our high line, and that's yeah. why we miss him so much when he's injured. So every year he's been here, I'd probably say an eight. Yeah, um, I've got eight. And I'd say the same for Cancelo. Would have been pushing a nine if he'd have maintained it, but I think there was inevitably going to be a drop-off. And Plus, Kevin came back into the team, didn't he, from Christmas onwards. So yeah. he took a lot of the creative load off him. Um, yeah. So I'd say I'd say an eight as well for Cancelo. I have written mine down before you said him, Joe, and I put eight and eight. So we're in agreement there. Leon, um, ratings for Cancelo and Walker? Well, because of my car Walker bias, I'd give him a nine. But in view that he's... Uh, been injured, suspended, a pair of eights I'll go with as well. And as I say, I agree completely. 
uh, on the point about Cancelo because he was flying and then he kind of hit he hit some bad form and I think it's exactly uh, what Joe said it, it, you know they want to play in the same position and yeah. keep doing what they do so yeah a pair of eights time is well it's not against us but in terms of kind of going through the whole squad it is so I want to look at the right. defenders as a, as a quartet now um, if that's possible um, so Diaz Stones Laporte and Ake obviously we'll pick out kind of highlights from all of them we'll start with Diaz um, I'll stay with you Leon on Diaz I he hasn't had a disappointing season of course he hasn't but he hasn't been as sensational as he was in previous years, or maybe it's just that we hadn't, you know, we weren't used to him and it was all new to us. But I can't really pick out much from Ruben Diaz this season. He's, he, I would basically say he's had a solid campaign. Uh, is that mm. fair, or am I being a bit harsh on him? No, perhaps a little harsh. I think it was such a big, he, he adapted so quick to the Premiership yeah. and he's player of the year, for God's sake. I mean, yeah. it was unbelievable. And then I felt. For Portugal, um, what tournament was last summer? At Euros. The Euros, of course. He wasn't quite as solid for Portugal in the Euros, I didn't think. And he came back, and I think anything will be a bit of a dip from where he was last season. But I still think without him, we're not as commanding. Yeah. So I think we've missed him. But perhaps because he was such a bonus, you know what it's like with Pep? It's a season to bed in, isn't it? And he took about a week to bed in. <laughs> so I think I think that's probably it. But I don't think he's made any big mistakes. And I think we've certainly missed him in this run-in. So, you know, I think he'll be back with the, with the summer off. Um, or most of the summer off, not some huge, you know, tournament. Um then I think we'll, we'll see the best of him again next season. Okay, that's fair. That's entirely fair. And John Stone's not a lot to report on really injuries. Once again, kind of blighted the season. But when he's come on, come in, he's been yeah. John Stone's. And Nathan Ake, I would kind of say he's been a big plus this season. Really kind of um, kind of progressed, as it were, in, as regards to his City career. Um, and he's, he's put in some really good performances, particularly at left-back, surprisingly. Um, Laporte's an interesting one. Um, I put something up on Twitter the other day about a team of the year, Premier League team of the year, and a lot of City fans were suggesting Laporte should have been in there. I didn't agree. I mean, I think he's had a perfectly fine season, but I wouldn't put him in as a player of the year. Um, Joe, how have you rated um, Laporte this year? Oh, and we should say it's his birthday today, so happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, sir. Um, how have I rated this season? Steady, Eddie. I think yeah, he's been Mr. Reliable. Fair. Yeah. When, when everyone's been either going down with injuries, suspensions, whatever it is around him, seems to have been the one constant. He was an absolute hero after that injury picked up at West Ham and saw us over the line. It was clearly not fully fit. So nothing stands out in my mind where I think, you know, he's had those horror moments in the Champions League, hasn't he? Like these son and times like that. Didn't have anything like that. And I think he was always, you know, reliable defensively. I think he's always better when he has a John Stones or someone who can do the, you know, carrying the ball forward next to him. <clears throat> I think when you maybe put Diaz next to him, it highlights that Stones is missing somewhat mm. um, in possession. But I think if, you, if you're going to say steady Eddie, it's got to be like a seven out of 10 for me. Not, never really let us down, but never, 
was never really like you think to Diaz last season. He stood out a mile, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and I think Laporte's had better seasons in a city shirt, specifically when we won the, the domestic quad. Yeah, it was that's unreal that season. So I'd say a seven out of ten. Maybe that's harsh, but um, okay. Well, well, we'll whiz through the ratings then. So seven for you. I'll, I agree. Seven for me. Uh, Laporte, Leon, you rate out of ten. Yeah, seven, seven. Okay, Ake, I'm going to go pretty high, you know, because I know he hasn't played a lot of games, but that is precisely the reason why I've gone high, actually. He comes in, uh, same as in Chemco. So I'm going eight anyway for Ake. Um, Joe? Eight out of ten, absolute hero. Love the man. Uh, Same here, yeah. Uh, Leon? Yeah, I'm going to go seven on Ake. I think he's been great second half of the season. I still think in the first half of the season, when he did come in, he... He did make a few mistakes. But that's because he's been used to being on the back foot, I think. You know, like, he's great, like, on the line. Because for Bournemouth, he spent years on the line. Mm. You know, last-ditch tackles. And at City, it's not like that. He's caught out of position a few times, if I'm not wrong. But, but no, I think he's great and solid. I think the one thing that we're struggling with for 10 years was centre-backs, apart from Vinny. And the one thing we've got now is got four very good ones. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were still kind of stretched at the end of this season with them as well. So, Madden, yeah. Um, John Stones, um, seven, really, for me. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Seven for Leon. Um, Joe? I think anyone who's listened to me on this podcast knows I'm a firm member of the <laughs> John Stones fan society. I love the man. But um, I think given I hold him in such high regard, I think with a season interrupted by injuries and not getting the squad, if I'm giving Laporte. And a seven, I think it's only fair. I feel like blasphemous saying this, but I'm, I'm going to give him a six, just because oh, he could never seem to get a, a first six. I could, he could never really seem to get a full run in the team. When, yeah. when he was in there, I think, I think, you know, he's Mister Dependable, and and I think we're a much better football team in terms of what he offers on the ball and breaking the line. But I think if you're going to give Laporte a seven. This is the logic I'm using here. I don't think it's fair to give Stones a seven as well. In comparison. Yeah, you've, you've convinced me now. I'm changing mine to a six. That's <laughs> um, why I'm here, Steve. Yeah. Um, Diaz, I'm, go- I'm going seven. Um, Leon for Diaz? Yeah, yeah. They're all being steady Eddie, really. Yeah. Um, Joe? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's pretty much close to a ten as you could get last year, so it was always yes. going to be a hard follow-up, wasn't it? So... I think seven's fair. I think he really struggled around Christmas time, which culminated in that Spurs game in February. And then he needed a bit of a break out of the team. And Mm. then he came back from that injury and did well. So I think seven's fair. Which, like like Leon said, you know, if if a player needs a season to bed in on the pep, if they're going to do it straight away, you would expect a drop-off the next season. It's it's almost inevitable. Um, And it hasn't been a considerable drop-off by any stretch. I do find it staggering that we've got just a couple of eights in there across the whole back five. Um, and our defence this season, I mean, statistically, is is better than in previous years. But I think we've been pretty fair there, to be honest. Okay, let's move to midfield. Now, uh, I'll stay with you, Joe, because you got in touch last night. You wanted to talk about Rodri. So, yeah, you, you have the stage, sir. I think if, if you're talking in terms of moments in a season, that this man, how he wasn't in our final three from the club for player of the season, is an outrage. Mm. I can't believe it. Um, but... If you talk about moments in a season of winning you a title, I'm just going to list some for you. Um, <clears throat> clearance off the line at Anfield mm-hmm. at 2-2. Um, this wasn't necessarily a title-winning moment because we were winning anyway, but some Thunder Bastards, one against Everton, <laughs> one yeah. against Newcastle, one against Watford. Um, his equaliser against Villa, his winner at Arsenal, and 
his superb chest control under immense pressure at Goodison Park in the final stages. You've got to say, this guy, for me, he stepped up to the plate. Yeah. He got us over the line. I mean, if you take those moments out of our season, we don't win the title. And I know it's not necessarily like that football, but if you're talking in terms of one individual player, I think, my God, man, how he's not won our player of the season. And I love Kevin, don't get me wrong, but this this guy this season was, he stepped up big time. He was superb. Can't fault him. So uh, You're rated, right I'm guessing it's going to be high. Uh, nine out of ten. I've got nine too. I would have gone 10, you know, I was tempted to go 10 for Rodri. Um, but yeah, to be 10, it's pretty much KDB in peak form throughout the whole season. <laughs> that's the kind of, you know, that's, that's the kind of metrics I'm working on here. Um, Leon, let's, let's kind of turn to Ferner. Um, oh, it's been a bit of a kind of sad ending for Fernandinho, really, kind of, you know, reimagined as a centre back, uh, naturally struggled there because that's just not what he does. And, um, but there's still been some great performances this season when he's come in. He's still done a job. He's still been uh, a bastard in the best possible sense. And I will adore him till the day I die. Um, what about yourself, Leon? How, how have you viewed Fern every season? Um, well, it, it was there in the game, was it against um, Real Madrid when he got the assist and then got absolutely skinned? Yes, yeah, but earlier we have to say about Atletico when he came on Atletico and, and just basically out Atletico him as well. So, but yeah, no, you're no, right. I yeah, yeah. he's brilliant but against Real. That was kind of there. He still got that. He still got a great touch. Obviously, watching City this season, what I what I love is how under pressure their ball control and in tight spaces is unreal, and he's part of that. Yeah, and I think we're. Rodri's great as well at it. Obviously, he's had a phenomenal season, but just seems a little bit quicker with Ferner playing. And the way he drives forward, sort of Yaya style, I, I, I really like as well, the way he play. But, you know, his legs have gone. And yeah. we saw it with Yaya. We've seen it with all our old stalwarts all the way through. That there's, you know, that, that they hit sort of peak, like a, a sort of second wind peak. Yeah, and then we thought of Vinny, and then you know it's time to go. Uh, it's a shame that he he's got, I mean he lifted the Premier League trophy, so that's a great ending. Mm. It's a shame that he got took off um, because you know playing against centre forwards like Watkins, who's quick, you know he just can't do it anymore. And uh, but we've still seen moments of brilliance. Didn't he win the uh, hardest? Um, most powerful goal. Yes, yet, so. he did. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, you made a funny joke on Twitter about not bad for an old man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he, from, from, the, from the first day he came to City and he did a tweet about being so excited, lying there on his sofa, I'm so I'm dreaming for tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's, he's just been another great member of the club and in, in, in times where it's all about money and big names and, and I think it, he's a, him, Vinny, Zabaleta have been amazing for our reputation because everyone can say what they want, but no one can knock Fernandinho, Vinny Company, Zabaleta. Mm, awesome. um, so I think it's been brilliant for the club. I'm, I'm, I'm what a player. And uh, yeah, we say it's a bit of a shame ending, but the truth is it's not because he lifted the Premier League trophy. 
you know what? For the rating, I'm making an exception for Fernandinho. Um, just just for this one player alone today. Um, let's just rate him on his career. Um, so it's a ten out of ten for me, Liam. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Joe. Um, don't go six, I'm, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna spare the result I would give him for his standalone season and say ten out of ten for a career. Yeah. And I think I think what sums him up is his selflessness. I mean, he even gave up was it a four million pound. Mm. Bonus at Shag Tower. Yeah, he paid it yeah. to get it to get here. I mean, the guy's just a legend, isn't he? Um, One of our greats. Leon, you're rating out of ten for Rodri. Ah, uh, I mean, do the right. A thing bit like <laughs> no, no. I'll go nine as well because a bit. The only thing about him is, is obviously my only downer. Everything Joe said spot on. He's been Mister Dependable. He's really grown. I remember on our WhatsApp group, some of the lads used to slag him off and. I'm like, no, this guy is, is class and, and he's just, every season he's got better and better. But a bit like Kev, I know he plays the easier passes, but there are some days where his radar's off yeah. and he will, there are a few mistakes yeah. in him. But that's purely because if you're passing the ball a thousand times in three games, there's going to be some, some uh, strays. And obviously we see it more with Kev because he tries to pass with either needle. So some days his radar's off, but no, no, he's been amazing. And and I think it's nice to have a combination of him playing most games, but then someone slightly nimbler, like mm. Fernandinho, if he wasn't 45. Um, <laughs> so there is a bit of a difference in the driving the side forward. So I would like to see another holding midfielder. I know they're talking about um, the leads, Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Someone who's a bit more buzzy. I think he'd be quite a good option to sort of, Play not playing them both, but you know a bit of a different plan B, which we've never yeah. had really, have we? Plan B. Um, so yeah, but no. Going back to the point, Rodri nine, Ferner ten. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, bit further forward, or often a bit further forward, Gundo and De Bruyne. Um, Gundo last season scored some really important goals, became basically prolific just when we really needed it. This year, it's been. Arch Gundo, it's been this clever, you know, kind of um, intelligent footballer doing the right things, making the right passes, making the team tick, changing the rhythm of a game when needed. That's been my interpretation anyway. Um, I think he's been superb this season um, and I would go a good solid eight. Um, Joe, uh, your thoughts on him? Hey, what he reminds me of, if you remember Scholes at United under Ferguson, he was his lieutenant on the pitch tactically in terms yeah. of he could he trusted him 100% and he would deliver what his manager wanted in terms of dictating tempo and playing a game. And I think Gundogan's the same for Pep. He was his first signing. He knows what we do inside and out. Um, in these crunch moments of the season, I think, obviously, when we played Wolves a few weeks ago, we all fell for the Kevin De Bruyne performance, and rightly so. But his link-up between the defence and the midfield... Superb. Then when he didn't play at West Ham uh, with Ferner in, at the back, I thought we sorely missed him. And then obviously you see what happened last weekend. Um, mm. I just think he's a class act. I'm, I'm desperately hoping he stays and renews. I don't think he's going to be offered a new contract, but that's another story. But I think um, just a superb, lovely footballer to watch. Privileged to have him. The fact that he's a squad player shows you how privileged we are as City fans because I think. Most top clubs in Europe, you could make a case he'd be starting week in, week out. Um, 
Yeah, I would have given him a seven, but I think after that, what he did, that madness yeah. last weekend, he's got to be an eight, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, I'll come to you for your um, rating in, in a moment, Leon. Firstly, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, this season pretty much has been a case of a season of two halves for him. The first half of the season, he was struggling with injuries, and he was struggling for fitness, and consequently, I wouldn't say struggling for form, someone who was struggling to reach the absolute height that he is capable of. Uh, and he's just got better and better and better. And then for the last, what, two months, two and a half months of this year, we have seen some incredible football from, from him. Um, is that fair, Leon? Is there anything you disagree with there? Do you no, think- you've, you've nailed it there, Steve. I mean, I, I, last few months, it's played like we've seen him for Belgium, I think, as well, where he literally drives yes. forward and forward yeah. and forward. And, and and actually, the moment I've watched it again and again and again from last Sunday, although the Villa players are defended so well, were knackered, there was that ball, that stray ball, that he just drove forward and took. And it hasn't really been talked about that much, but for the last goal, he really did drive for that ball. And that was Kevin De Bruyne. There's not many other midfielders. Gerard was probably played a bit like that. Yeah. Just made that ball, made that happen. And then beat the man and then pinpoint cross. So yeah, he had a quiet start. Again, it was after the Euros, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, far, you know, he suffered horrendous injuries. So injuries, uh, he gets booted about every game. Not as much as old calf's Jackie, but he um, <laughs> he gets booted about. And yeah, I mean, I I, I do think that I, actually, I do think he wins player the game, player of the match, man of the match every game. Yeah, and player of the season, and I, I think he gets a little bit fortunate there because he he's quite unique in the way he plays in the Premiership. So therefore, he still gets lauded even more. Yeah, he stands out because yeah, yeah. He's, he's given so much responsibility, isn't he, to basically and freedom. So yeah, yeah. So I think I think he's probably a little bit lucky winning Player of the Year this year. I think he gets man of the match every game. <laughs> um, but yeah, he'd be a nine. And on Gundogan again, I remember he's another one I've stuck up for for years. I'm not making it out that I'm uh, the main man in picking players, but. I've got a question actually. It's a bit like Sane's last season when Pep didn't play him every. He had an amazing season and Pep didn't play him, whether it's his attitude. But I'm not. I can't quite pinpoint why Gundogan, because I think he's the number one on the team sheet in terms of tempo and not giving the ball away ever, and then ghosting into the box like David Platt in the nineties. But I just don't get where he's been this season. Maybe I've missed something. Can you guys answer where he's well, actually? What? I, I just think it comes down to that midfield trio of De Bruyne, Bernardo and Rodri just worked. Right. It's, it's the balance of that three, I think. Yeah, that if you put okay. Gundo in there, it, it disrupts the balance. Maybe, I, I'm, I'm guessing there. But yeah, Bernardo's been class, hasn't he? So, yeah, yeah but, but I completely agree. I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it, where you just wish we could have 12 players in the team because just to put Gundo in there as well no yeah because Bernard um, Rodri and Kev are like 100% and that's probably why when Kev has been injured it was our 100 point season wasn't it we didn't play most of the time yeah. but that's when Gundo really stepped up isn't it yeah or maybe it was a season after that but but I do notice and when Kev comes off sometimes my girlfriend is really into City now 
She was saying, well, they're taking him off. I said, to be honest with you, watch the game now. In some ways, we might get better. Yeah. Because Gundogan and Bernardo Silva then step up even more. And get more control of the game and, and um, yeah. yeah. They and, manipulate and, the tempo, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And they re- and there's no stray balls. It's hard to slag off Kev. I'm not slagging him off. I just... I think and, Kev and, takes again, more risk, doesn't he? So, so, he's, yeah. so you're more liable to maybe get caught in a transition and he's exactly. given a bit more freedom of his positioning on the pitch than maybe Gundo and Bernardo are. But, but there's also yeah, things which, sorry, but I think there's aspects to it which the three of us only a quarter appreciate. You know, it's people like Pep who can see what. So what I mean by that is his movement off a ball and Gundo and the way mm. he'll the way he'll be responsible for other players' movements and where they're positioned. Um, I think he's so good at that. I can't fully appreciate it. I don't have that kind of you know knowledge of football to that extent, but I. I instinctively feel it, if that makes sense. You, could, you can feel it as soon as he is on that pitch. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, like a, you know, like say Sinchenko, for example, what might be in a more advanced position because Gundo's on the pitch, whereas De Bruyne was ten minutes earlier. Mm. Um, or maybe it's a simple case of De Bruyne basically inhabits those spaces where Gundo allows the teammate to go into that 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 place in, instead. I don't know, but it, I, it's just some instinctive. In what, when I watch Gundo, where you think we look better, we look more complete yeah, as a do. team, but you're not going to take Kevin De Bruyne out of any side, are you? No, of course, you're not. But also, I love the way he is. You know, you have a team full of characters. We've got quite a few now, especially the English players. But it's great to have someone with that mentality. And you know, let's say we lack character. I wouldn't say he lack character, but he's he's a really I bet he's a really calming influence in the dressing room. Really respected. Mm. and uh, I wouldn't want to see him go. Joe, you mentioned about a new contract, that he's not signing one, but he's another season, right? Yeah, he's got a year left. You don't so, expect him to be new? I mean, I, I'm, I've not got any inside info. I'm just going off what oh. I think Jack Gorn and others have said, haven't they, that it's unlikely they're going to offer him a deal, which I find baffling, but yeah. you know, maybe there's, there's reasons under the surface that we don't know about what... Because I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not being stereotyped, but he, to me, he'd be a great from the coaching staff, and mm. he'd be great to have around. I and mean, not just he's German and efficient, <laughs> Stere- stereotypical. But yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, I, I just love him to bits. You wouldn't want eleven Gundogans. You want eleven. You wouldn't want eleven Gundogans in this. Pepwater, Pepwater, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I still advocate think- slightly. I, I, I think he's a bit of a. Uh, he puts fires out. I think Gundogan plays his best football at City. If you think back to 18-19 um, with the last Liverpool title race, when we won the last 14, he came in for mm. Fernandinho and played as a pivot. Last year when we won the title, he came in for De Bruyne when he was injured and that's scored all those goals. I think that's a one of his strengths is also one of his weaknesses in terms of him playing all the time. Mm. It's like yeah. he plays better when key players in the area he's filling in for aren't there almost yeah yeah I think it's fun yeah. um, okay that's a uh, there's a couple of ratings missing then so there's Leon uh, your rating out of 10 for Gundo I'm getting boring now the old 7 and 8 but um, <laughs> I think it would have been a 7 because he's been in and out the side but because of last Sunday he gets bonus 8 okay and your rating for Kev super Kev I mean <laughs> Tough. I go nine because he's basically won us the league. 
I've gone for eight, but only based on his injuries, so that's hardly his fault. Um, Joe, you're rating for Kev? You've given me a cop out there, so I'm going to go with eight with you. (laughs) But it's very, it's very like 8.9. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've slagged him off for being man of the match every week, and then I've given him a nine. You know when you say about being man of a match every week, I had a horrible flashback to being a kid. Ron Atkinson doing the co-coms every time the big match was on. It was always United, because, you know, of course it was. And Brian Robson just getting man of a match every week. So he expected he actually would have got man of a match if he wasn't playing that day. I'll, I'll go for Robbo. I'll go for Robbo. <laughs> Fuck off, Atkinson. Anyway, sorry. I, I dredged that up from the childhood. <laughs> Rod Atkinson actually did me a huge favour recently. It's good to so. get it out of state. It's good to get it out. We're all <laughs> yeah. friends here. It's good yeah. to get it out. Anyway, um, Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden. Um, what's there left to say, Bernardo? Um, Joe, Bernardo Silva this season? I, I would say maybe a slight tail off in recent weeks, but when you've put in the, the performances that he's put in until this point, I think that's entirely forgivable. Yeah, and I think it's so much to the point made about Edison is that we may not necessarily appreciate the quality he does in terms of the workload and the tempo and um, stuff that us as fans maybe don't appreciate mm. tactically. Um, you know, I don't think that's dropped off, but I think the fact in terms of how he was impacting games on the front foot and, and strangling teams by himself almost um, from yeah. August through to December was probably as close to a 10 out of 10 half season as you could get. Um, yeah. I think back to Anfield when... He took all of Liverpool's midfield and defence for a walk through Stanley Park. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of the highlights of the season. But I think it's inevitable that with the quality we've got in the squad and the rotation, etc., and the sheer amount of games we play, there would be a drop-off. But um, I think just based upon how well he played first half of the season, I'd say a solid eight is fair for Bernardo. Yeah, I've, I've gone slightly higher nine, but... He's my he's my favourite player. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna add him add one on for that purely alone. Um, Leon Phil Foden. Um, there's, there's some who say that Phil has kind of sacrificed himself more than any other player this year as regards to us not having a striker. Um, we'll just say that's that's fair. I mean, he's 14 goals he scored, 11 assists. Young player of the year. I mean, that's you know significant. Um, how would you compare yeah. Phil Foden this season to Phil Foden of last season? Yeah, I think he's dropped off. I mean, I'm pretty shocked he got that young player of the year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't upset Floyd Scrag, but uh, <laughs> I think... Now, we call him Floyd now because the lads in our, in our group would get tickets. Just, my mate thought he was called Floyd, but anyway, he's Brilliant. Floyd. Why did they think he was called Floyd? Oh, Lloyd, right. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. We, we, have, we have a laugh about that, but I don't upset him. But yeah, Foden sort of flattered to deceive a bit for me this season. But let's not, but I put a big disclaimer there. He's so young. He's been unreal. His trophy hall, his goals, his influence in games. But compared to the last two, I think he has dipped a bit. But again, because of bringing Grealish in, he hasn't had that consistency of games. And therefore, that's, it's probably not his fault. And like a lot of young players, they do sort of, they have a couple of amazing seasons, they break in and then they do level off a little bit and then I'm sure he'll come back. I am worried of next season that we've got two amazing strikers, how we're going to keep all these guys happy. But that's another podcast, I'm sure. Mm. But I do, 
I think he's, he's been great. I just don't think he's he's gone on, but I don't think he's had the opportunity to go on because he hasn't been in a fixed position playing every game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that is... I'm not going to criticise him. Um, Mark's out of 10 for Foden, Leo? I'll give him... Can we do halves or not? Yeah, of course. I'll give him a six and a half. My lowest mark. Oh, it is. So yeah. far. Um, and I give Bernardo, based on the first two thirds of the season, and I love the way he took the piss out of himself and really said that, that uh, he was having a nightmare. Yeah. So because they took him off, we won. <laughs> and he does, he does, he does seem great fun. So he's one of my favourite players as well because of that extra bit of character and and not clapping Liverpool two seasons ago um, <laughs> in the Guard of Honour. So I'll give him a nine to match Super Kev. He's right up there, Bernardo. Uh, Foden for you, uh, Joey. Rup ratings out of ten. Um, I think where Foden came to the forefront was more in the big games. I think the derby, Anfield away. Um, so I'll give him a seven. I think he has been um, a victim of the circumstances of the team in terms of no striker, like you said. And I think Haaland will go a long way to rectifying that. I think he plays his best football on the left. Yeah. Um, hopefully he'll cement that position as his own. Um, so I'll go with a seven. We've got five minutes to wrap this up and we've got Riyad Mahrez, Raheem Sterling, Gabby Jesus and Jack Grealish to discuss. So... Shall we kind of just whiz through Riyad and Jesus and say, I mean, if, if there's anything you'd like to disagree with on this, let me know. I would say Mahrez has been exceptional for the most part this season, still has times where, you know, he can frustrate. Um, but overall, I think he's he's had a standout season. He's been magnificent. Gabby started like an express train. Makes far more sense to play him on the right for me. Um, he prefers it. You can see he relishes it. Um, he's got the trickery and the skill set. What just kind of, I don't know. Is I first see him out wide. Um, as regards to whether he'll be here next season, that's a different matter altogether. Um, anything that you two disagree with on that, on those assessments? Uh, not from me, no. I think no? that's fair. I think, I think that's fair. I think we saw from Raz's cross. Sorry, doing. Sterling in this bit. Well, I mean, no, this is, this the Raz. I mean, so, I, I only uh, left kind of Raz out because okay, it's a bit, well, it's, it's a tricky season for Sterling. I would say it's that's fine, but go, I'll go back. Mares frustrates, but amazing and big goals, big performances, and Hazers. I do want if I really boils down to it, I've stuck up for Sterling in my group and. On pods and I've loved him. I've got the t-shirt I wear out quite a lot, God save Raheem. But if we're trying <laughs> to start again and win the Champions League and not be wasteful in the big moments, mm. and it's gonna kill me, but I'm gonna say it just so I've said it on record. Sterling and Gabby have to go. Wow, that's a big ending to the pod and, that and purely because <laughs> if they don't, then how how are we going to fit it, Alvarez, Haaland, and yeah, yeah. all those other players we just talked about playing games? I, I think. So I love them both. Yeah. But I think they both have to go because otherwise it's going to be a shit show of like trying to keep massive egos happy. Joe, can you see 
both Raz and Gabby leaving this summer. I mean, for, for me, I think Jesus. I can't will, see yeah. it happening, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Jesus will go. Um, I think Raz will play. I think maybe losing sight of that, Holland will come in and that will cement a place. Um, and I think we could well see one of Grealish or Foden transition to a number eight. That uh, well, Ooh, that would be amazing. Um, so, Raz, for you then this season, Joe, how how have you kind of rated him? Because it's it's a tricky one to be honest. He's had some fantastic kind of streaks of form, but he's also Chelsea. had some sustain. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he's for sustained periods, he was really off the pace for me. I think he's been the single biggest victim in terms of his numbers of the false nine era, if you will. I think if you look yeah. at his best football and numbers came when he had Aguero as, as as almost a focal point. So that's why I'd love him to stay with Haaland in there. Um, I think you'd see a, a, a return. Um, he could play in a set position. He knows his job inside and out. Um, to answer your question, he's played in patches throughout the season. He's been up and down. Um, but he's, at the end of the day, all said and done, he's, he's, his goal returns and assists have played a key role in us winning the league. So I think a solid seven out of ten okay. is fair. I feel bad now, my big statement. No, I, I'm kind of I was, I stuck up this, from, I stuck up for him on the beach in Brighton against Sweden four years ago with every England fan. I love him. Yeah. But I'm just... And I, and I stuck up on the WhatsApp group when everyone slags him off. But I do love him. But the wastefulness in the last few months does kill me. Uh, what, what would you rate him out of 10 for the season, Neil? Well, he, still, he can still do things on a football pitch that no one else in this league can do in terms of make, make, making up space and create. But I'll give him a 7. I've got I've gone six, which I feel bad. But that's in comparison to his previous seasons. Um, Gabby Jesus, Leon, rated out of 10? Yeah, love him as well. Frustrating. He's had a better season in patches. So I'll give him a seven and a half. Ah, you know what? That, that, that sounds just about bang right for me, seven and a half. Uh, Joe, rating out of ten for Gabby? I'd put his season as more almost a carbon clone of, of Sterling's in a way. Played in patches, done enough, started the season brilliantly and ended it brilliantly. So, seven. Okay, uh, Marez, rating out of ten, Joe? He's our go-to man in the Champions League now, I think, specifically in the latter stages. Um, Great point. Eight out of ten. Love that goal, that set-piece goal against United when he buried him. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, his first touch alone gets him an eight for me. I, I've got an eight. and uh, Yes, a good point as well. His first touch. I, why hasn't anyone compiled a video yet of his first touches is beyond me. That would that would go down a storm on social media. Uh, Leon, I think, um, uh, sorry, sorry just... 24 goals in all competitions as well is no mean feat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. overall, he has been exceptional. I, I feel a bit mean actually giving him an 8. He probably deserves a 9 if I'm giving 8. him 8.5. I'll give yes. Um, Leon. I'm loving the halves. Yeah, 8.5. I love the fact that they've just come in three quarters of the way. Okay, just quickly end on Jack Grealish. Um, you need a full pod for this rating. Exactly. So I'll just go very quickly and say that I'm putting my thoughts on Jack on pause until next season. I want to see the kind of player he is next season. I think what he's had to do, he's done very well. Um, I do also think, though... What, that passing backwards? That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God, here we go. We, we've, we've got to do it. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm going to come back to that in a sec. But yeah, we, we need our own pod on Jack because I think what he has done, he's done well, but what he has done could have been done by Palmer or McAtee or some other spending £100 million on him. Wasn't necessary in hindsight for me, but I'm putting all that on hold 
until next season. And I'm perfectly willing and hopeful that I am wrong and that he is superb. As a player, as a sorry, as a person, I love the lad a bit. Um, I'll just give him a seven. Uh, Leon, Jack Grealish? Yeah, I, I, listen, he's, he's a player that you get excited about, like I did when I was a kid with... Yeah, that's a good Gascoigne yeah. or Kinkatsi. Yeah. Uh, I do love him. I, I was quite offended the way he put his shorts up last Sunday. My missus quite liked it, but I think it was offensive <laughs> to kids. When he was on that big interview, and he kept rolling his shorts up, and you basically see his knob. And I was like... <laughs> He's lost. He's lost the rating there because that was honestly. I do think that was awful, but he was very funny, very <laughs> honest on that interview about how you know he's been so scared to give the ball away. Um, so I, I love him at our club. I don't understand why he broke the transfer barrier by miles and our record to pay hundred million for him. But I'm glad he's part of City. I think he gives great character to the club. Yeah. And next season, I hope he performs and I th- and again I think like Foden we've got to work out where his best position I don't think Foden may be best on the left but I'm not sure that that's Jack's best position but yeah I'm glad he's at our club and he gets a six six okay uh Joe Jack how have you viewed his debut season with us um slightly frustrating in that I've defended him all season and I think he's a supremely gifted footballer. Um, but for me, and it alludes to what he said in that interview, like Leon says, he's played it too safe because he's almost scared to give the ball away to a point where he's just become a part of the system, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And when I look at what he did in that second half for West Ham, when he takes a risk and drives us forward and probably the key component in us getting back into that game, he's got it in his locker and I want to see more of that from him. Because if you've got that in your locker, just back yourself. If you give the ball away, I know he's playing under Pep, but he's gonna. I imagine he's going to press the manager more, taking games by the scruff of the neck like that, than just almost, I don't want to say going through the motions, because it's a very difficult system to play in at City. Yeah. It's probably the highest level of football English football has ever seen, you could argue. But he's. I want to see more from him. To six point five out of ten. Six point five, right? Well, the ratings are in, and the outright winner is Fernandinho, of course. Um, after Fernand, um, the player of the season, according to three of us, has been Rodri. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty damn fair. Um, what a man! Yeah, what a man indeed. Joe, thank you very much for today, mate. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me on, Leon. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Steve. Really enjoyed today. Me too, man. Both of you, thank you. Cheers, man. Uh, That's a wrap for today, folks. Thanks for listening in. We're off to make some tapas, taking a (laughs) bullfight, and then have a siesta. Vamos, Madrid. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone, and forever up those quad-busting blues.